so welcome everybody to yet another live interview show with become a fearless father and today i have jason on and i'm gonna let him <laughs> pronounce his last name in a second so after that i'll make sure that i pronounce it correctly anyway it's gonna be special it's the first time that i'm gonna talk about topics like autism and hdhd and i'm really looking forward to it because as a father that has two children that are normal, if you can say that. I am really interested in this topic because I think it's something that is not being talked enough about, as Jason probably um, is gonna be able to comment more about um, and should be, and I'm very excited. So Jason, let's start off right away, man. What's a dad's life look like with a kid that has autism and ADHD? Well, I would really say it's quite a journey, and uh, we find out about that uh, that our son have autism ADHD when we were living in Japan back in 2013. So that's almost mm. six years ago. Mm. And uh, in, in the beginning, I think uh, personally, I was really in denial in the in the first I would say a year or so. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really common, <laughs> but based on the, all the other parents that uh, well, we we talk to, so um, yeah. But uh, right now, I think it's oh, he's definitely doing a lot better, and uh, mm -hmm. we have our own journey that we are going through. And uh, because uh, when we first heard about his diagnosis when we were living in Japan, we just couldn't find a lot of help and support, mm -hmm. and uh, we, that's why we decided to move back to the state uh, three years ago, trying to find additional uh, support for him, so we can make sure he can be successful in his his own way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so far, I think we have made a good choice. Cho choice so far, we have been seeing a lot of improvement in his uh, behaviors and other issues, and uh, he's he's. Uh, doing a lot better in, in school compared to before as well. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. And what does it like? How does it change you as a father? Like, well, what does it mean that your kid? Like, what what is autism? What is ADHD? For those that don't completely understand what what that does to a kid, how how different is your your son? Right, your son from yeah. The other? Well, I think I could not give a generic answer because every kid is different. And even mm -hmm. with autism, it's really a spectrum. So it depends on the kid. Okay. Like, uh, my son doesn't learn how to speak until he's six. Mm -hmm. But now he speaks too much. He couldn't stop speaking sometimes about Pokemon. <laughs> every time he starts talking about Pokemon, he couldn't stop. So it's like a very different extreme. So mm -hmm. you, ha uh, you have some kid on the autism spectrum that's totally nonverbal, they couldn't speak. Then you have a, another extreme, extreme is also called Asperger syndrome. And now they, nowadays they call high-functioning autism, which they have uh, awkward as far as social behavior, but as far as uh, ability-wise or talking-wise, they have no issues. They can, they can speak. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, they don't know when to stop to speak, actually. So yeah. it's a very different... Um, symptoms so to speak depends on it totally depends on the kids mm -hmm. and a lot of the very common symptoms that most of the kids uh, on the autism spectrum usually have is definitely uh, sleep issues anxiety issues attention issues 
or uh, sensory issues. Those four issues are the most common mm-hmm. one, but doesn't mean that everyone on the spectrum have all four. Some, like for my son, he has mostly attention issues right now. Um, he doesn't have too much of anxiety issues, fortunately, and he doesn't have too much of uh, sensory issues okay. compared to other kids on the spectrum. So. Mm-hmm. My thought is like, which kid at like three, four, five, maybe younger, has uh, the capacity to, you know, to focus and concentrate for a lot of time, right? Um, yeah, true, true, that's true. I mean, uh, my son is eight right now, so compared mm-hmm. to most of the eight-year-old boy, uh, concentration definitely is an issue. So. I see, so now you're seeing the difference. Yeah, yeah I hear yeah. Um, What about ADHD? Well, ADHD, that's where most of the attention issues coming from, okay. actually, because, because of his ADHD uh, making it harder, harder to focus mm. in the classrooms. And uh, also for him, he's really a, virtu- a visual learner. He had to see something, remember, remember. If you just listen to teacher's instruction, that just kind of flies right by his head and he didn't die. Okay, what's going on? It's like, mm-hmm. it's, you need a lot of like multiple prompt, even over the same instruction sometimes. Both uh, listen to it once and also see it and also mm-hmm. just just need to have, have to repeat it, repeat it a couple of times. Yeah. So. I see. And does that mean, does he go to a special school? Does he do, go to a normal school with, with all the other kids? Oh, he he doesn't go to a special school. Okay. He's in a regular classroom. He's, nice. um, he just gets special accommodations. Like mm-hmm. here in the United States, they have a, uh, most of the, well, all the public school uh, need to have IEP, which stands for Individualized Education Plan for every kid that has uh, special needs. And doing that plan, you will have your own IEP team that usually consists of the teachers, a speech therapist, the occupational service if the kids have one, and mm-hmm. also the school psychologist, and usually the principal or some kind of school administrators also on that team to discuss um, at least minimum once a year um, her, his progress goal, his mm-hmm. or her progress goal in school, and what kind of goal they want to set each year, and what kind of special accommodation they want to have for him, and etc. So that sounds amazing. That sounds like America is way ahead of uh, of the rest. At least if I look here, uh, here in Spain, for example, I, I've I've never heard of it. Although I see it growing fast, so that that's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, U.S. is definitely advanced ahead mm-hmm. of a lot of uh, countries. It's, even compared to the country, uh, Asia country, because I'm from Taiwan, my wife's from Japan, mm-hmm. and compared to a lot, most of the Asia country, those kind, this kind of system doesn't exist. Even so, with this system, it's still not perfect. It still have a lot of issues. It still have, um, sometimes it depends on who you have on the team. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. have a goal, but it's not being implemented correctly sometimes. So you still have its own issues and struggles, but I think just by having the system itself, it's, it's already a huge difference compared to a lot of other country outside of the US so exactly and then, and then you turned having a harder time like having a, a child with autism and ASDV completely around and made it in something such you know so positive that you turn this into lucky kid and you're trying to raise more awareness create a community where you can help other parents that have you know similar issues and do not like you guys do not know where to go and that's absolutely amazing. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more throughout this live interview. But first sure. of all, 
Uh, share us a little bit about your background story. Um, who is Jason? Um, how many kids do you have in total? Because I think I saw three. Um, sure, yes. yes. Yeah, so just a quick background story on myself. I, I was born and raised in Taiwan. Uh, I moved to United States. Um, I was a very typical immigrant uh, story that uh, I moved when I was 15 by myself mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was sent to like a, uh, like a, uh, my f uh, family's friend's house. I was staying there. I was studying. I went to high school and, co uh, and college in California, uh, graduated. Then I started my first company right after I graduated. It's a website design company mm -hmm. with friends I know in college. Uh, unfortunately, this, the business doesn't went really well. Then I decided to close the business and I actually went back to Taiwan and attend the U uh, Taiwanese uh, army for a year as an infantry officer. Mm -hmm. Then after I got out of army, I got, uh, decided to get got married. And uh, that's where um, my my journey as far as my, my, my life as a dad kind of began, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we, me and my wife was living in, uh, actually I asked my wife to move to uh, live with me in Taiwan instead. So we lived in Taiwan for like a year and a half, mm. but uh, she, my wife couldn't speak Chinese. So it was kind of a struggle for her to live in Taiwan with being the language barriers. So we decided to move to Japan instead. So, and uh, that's where um, we got, um, my, my son was actually born in Taiwan, but she didn't get his diagnosis with autism ADHD until we were living in Japan. Mm -hmm. So the funny story is, uh, like I say, um, like you mentioned, we have three kids. So my oldest right now is eight. My, my daughter, he, she's uh, five. And my youngest, uh, she is one. So I have three kids. And all three kids are actually born in different countries. <laughs> so wow. my, my son was born in Taiwan. My, daughter, uh, my first daughter is born in Japan. My second daughter is born in U.S. So they all have different, <laughs> you know, different yes. passports. Actually, my son has three passports. So it's kind of funny. Wow. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of how um, the, the, the journey has been going through so far. And uh, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show is, um, because of the diagnosis, because of the issue we're facing in Japan, that's why we decided to move to the United States, and that's why we are, we are here now. So, Exactly. So you made like a huge change in your life for the better of your kids, which is, in my opinion, absolutely amazing and inspiring. And hopefully any, any, any dad would do this for their kids, because that's pretty much saying, look, we pick up everything and we're going to go a way for our kids to make sure that you know he can have a great life so yeah. um what's what's the consensus in regards to ACSD because uh I don't know if you've seen his book it's written by Dean no so he is saying in his book that he has ADHD right yeah. and in the schools he they, they had a hard time with him um, yeah. and he had a hard time with learning like you just mentioned I was very interested yeah. in I, I, it clicked with the book when you said like he, he learns visually and that's what Dean is saying. Yeah, the other thing I forgot to mention, I actually mm -hmm. have uh, ADD myself. Okay. Uh, which I just recently find out because I was doing so much study on my, on my son mm -hmm. and pretty much all the symptoms and all the check, check box, I check nine out of the 10 boxes myself. Okay. Looking into it, the more I realize, okay, I'm 
and my son is just almost like a copy of me. Uh-huh. So that's kind of funny that uh, you, you just read a book on that too. Yeah, so, no, he's talking about it because he, he has ADHD and he actually used it to, to help him to get where he is now. And he is, I mean, he's immensely successful and multi, multi-millionaire. So mm-hmm. uh, I definitely recommend that book anybody. Um, sure. Maybe sure. it helps you extra inspiring, you know, and uh, sometimes. Yeah, I, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I was recently just reading an article. I forgot where I read it, but it's mm-hmm. talking about how a lot of people with ADHD turned to become entrepreneurs <laughs> because they couldn't just, they couldn't stay in their desk. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, standing in front of a computer for eight hours a day, that just doesn't work with someone have ADD or ADHD. So. That's, that's why most of them become entrepreneurs. So. Exactly, exactly. And the same for, for being a kid, right? I mean, the kids sit so much time in their seats listening to a professor or, or a yeah. teacher or, or whatever, right? And, and mm-hmm. I don't think any kid can, but if you have ADSD, that's even worse. And then uh, I think like, yeah. what I heard from him, like he, he would get in trouble because he couldn't sit still. Yeah, like, that's the really common, okay. yes. Okay, and that's why we're so happy to have guys like you that are trying to create awareness. So hopefully everybody's listening because that's what we want, right? Create awareness, have people understand that it's okay. Now, also on the other end, and I want to ask you for your experience. I have the feeling that now, real quickly, uh, young kids get just a stamp real quick on ADHD, right? Because they are a little impatient, which I find normal. What's your experience with that? Are our parents coming to you and saying like, oh yeah, my, my kid has been diagnosed with ADHD and in the end you're like, nah, not so much. Um, well, I don't have a medical background so I cannot give medical uh, advice. Uh, this is a disclaimer here. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I think the, as a parent, sometimes it definitely is a struggle and uh, mm. usually it's the other way around is people mm-hmm. find out too late. Usually it's not like you find out too early and it's not ADHD. It's usually the other right way around. Like, like for me, I didn't find out when I was like 35 or something. So, <laughs> so it's usually people doesn't realize they have something different about them until a lot much later because mm-hmm. the awareness and the understanding just not quite there. I mean, people feel like, oh, I'm, I mean, that I have problem focusing in school and I think about five or 10 different things all at one time. And that's, I guess that's common for everyone, but that's actually not common for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's, I think that's mostly the struggle that we, we see instead of, uh, I mean, for, for example, in our community at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So share with us uh, lucky kid, if I pronounce you correctly, uh, yes. what is it? What are you trying guys trying to achieve? Um, yeah, give us a little bit of background information on that. Of course. So Lucky Kids is a company I founded in 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, we have three main pillars on three different ways that we're helping the families as being affected by autism, ADHD, and sensory processing disorders. And the uh, first way is uh, we have an online parent support group for the parents that is facing the, the challenges that come with the autism spectrums. And currently we have about 1,200 members and we're still trying to um, uh, increase our membership size. And, uh, but I think it's more than how much people we have in the group, is how active are the members in the group. Mm-hmm. So currently out of the 1,200 uh, members, 1,100 is actually active because Facebook oh. tell you 
the data on how many people is actually active on a daily basis. So that means that over 90% of people in the group that's super active, which is a good sign. I mean, we're doing something right here. And the second way we are helping the families that's affected by those uh, issues is we also do a weekly talk show, like the one we are doing right now. Mm-hmm. So we interview teachers, therapists, or even other different businesses owners that's making an impact in the uh-huh. special needs communities by uh, having them sharing their advice, their mm-hmm. uh, so different strategies on how to cope with uh, different issues. Then uh, we do it on Facebook Live, of course, like we are doing right now. Then we also uh, on YouTube. We are also on podcasts like iTunes, mm-hmm. Stitcher, Google Play. We are also on Amazon Live as well. So awesome. yeah, so um, that's that's the second way that we we do um, of us giving back to the communities. Then the last, lastly, the the last way is we design different products. So currently we have seven different products. We have three product line. We have flexible seating product line. Those are set, set of different product that uh, we designed uh, to use mostly in the classroom, but you can use at home as well that help kids mostly with uh, attention issue, but you could also use um, kids that is uh, neurotypicals that uh, you help kids to focus on tasks by not using medication. So the other mm. very common issue that the parents that have kids with ADHD usually face is they will try, they will try to put the kids on medications. There's a lot of different uh, medications that you can help the kids to focus. But the other thing was the, the issue with that is every medication have a side effect, and mm-hmm. you can be addicted to the medication as well so i personally we don't give any medication to our son for his adhd issues i'm just a huge um advocate for not using a medication myself so of course that's uh, again i I don't have a medical background so this is just my personal belief but -hmm. that's why we create products that can help the kids to to fidget to to focus without using medications and then the second product line we have is a different weighted product that uh, we can, um, the kids can use, especially for kids with sensory issues. Mm-hmm. The weighted product actually is called D-Touch Pressure that really help kids with anxieties and they help kids with uh, different sensory challenges mm-hmm. to, um, to help them with the symptoms. And lastly, we have a product line. It's called Fine Motors. That we only have one product in there right now, but it's this product that helps kids with uh, fine motor skills, usually with their mm-hmm. uh, their fingers. Uh, and, uh, we have a product called Fidget Marble Maze that kids can use to to help them with fine motor skills. So, and we are actually launching another new product next month on Kickstarter. And uh, this is a product that we actually, this is our own unique design. Uh, we are filing a pattern for it. Mm-hmm. So it's a weighted lab pad that uh, kids can write on using a water pen. So in the traditional weighted lab pad, it just, it's, it's just a weighted lab pad that, uh, that you can put on your lap. But 
uh, we make it more fun and more entertaining by changing the redesigning the entire product concept into mm. something. It's like a creative canvas that kids can write on and interact with. And once the water dry out, it returns to the original colors as well. So we, we just we think that's going to be more fun. And this is a feedback we got from the parents within our communities that uh, that that's why we decided to develop and design this product. And this product is actually a funny backstory about this product is is this product was also created because of our partnership with Culture City. So Culture mm -hmm. City is a large nonprofit uh, organization in the United States. They have multiple different uh, programs that help families in, on, the, um, on the autism spectrums or the family affected by sensory processing disorders. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest programs they have that which we are partnering for in collaboration with them is called Sensory Inclusive. Mm -hmm. So in that program, they have 220 locations across the United States right now. So mm -hmm. in the program, they will go to, they have locations like NBA stadiums, football stadiums, oh. baseball stadiums, aquariums, and zoo. They also are in a few airports. And uh, I think they just got into M MGM Graham in Las Vegas as well. Mm -hmm. So the program, the idea is to first empower the, the people, the staff, and educate the staff about the sensory issue that a lot of people on the spectrums and uh, with, with sensory, sensory challenges face. Then they go in and provide items to help the, the people attending those public, um, like, uh, like uh, watching an NBA game, for example. Mm -hmm. First of all, in the NBA environment, it's really loud, it's a lot of sensory input, a lot mm -hmm. of light, a lot of noise, a lot of smell, and a lot of uh, people with uh, autism on the autism spectrum or sensory challenges, they mm -hmm. couldn't handle that much of sensory input. So the way they do that is they will provide a sensory bag. So inside the sensory bag, they have a noise he canceling headphones. They have a weighted iPad. They have other different uh, steam toys that the people can use to help them with overcoming those challenges. And at the end of the day, if people still or the kids still couldn't handle that they also build those venture a sensory room so it's like a 100 percent quiet room that the people can go to to decompress mm. to self-regulate and to calm themselves down if they all the item they provide is it's not enough so that's kind of the program and our uh, latest uh, writable way the lab has also going to be using their program once everything is is live and we finish the production so mm. Fantastic. I'm enjoying it, Jason. It's a complete new world for me. It's opening. I had no idea about all of this. So I really appreciate you sharing that because in the end, you know, I'm trying to reach all those fathers in different areas so they can also open their minds. And you're helping out with this so much. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and of course, before I forget, you say next month you're going to start the, the Kickstarter. You know, make sure to share the link so we can share that with everybody else. Um, any little help that we can give you, um, you know, it would be our pleasure, of course. So let me ask you this because I had the feeling, um, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have this business set up with your wife. Is that correct? Um, I guess my wife is really an advisor. Okay. But, uh, I, I'm the I'm, I'm kind of the one man show, but I do have a team. I have a, a virtual team with uh, including myself at eight people that uh, uh, that's running the business. Uh, mm. Oh, nice. So how how did you go about setting up 
a, a, a virtual team for you? Because this is one of the things that I noticed that most dampeners are struggling with. It's like they're trying to do everything themselves. Me included, as you know, because we spoke about this yesterday. Right? <laughs> yeah. So how yeah. did you go about creating a virtual team or a team that benefits you most to, to help you grow your business? Um, this is actually a very interesting topic because I feel like I was hiring too fast and too many uh, okay. as well myself. Mm. So I think it's, you just need to find a balance. And uh, actually, we are in the process of downsizing right now. Okay. I'm letting go three of my team members right now to downsize. Instead of eight, we're downsizing to five, five, five people team. Mm. Um, and uh, sometimes uh, for uh, for me at least my first hire was uh, I think she's a customer service rep that's my okay. first hire mm -hmm. but uh, I guess it depends on the business you really look you need, really need to look at what are all the tasks that you're doing on the weekly basis that mm -hmm. is the least revenue generating task like answering someone's email usually is the least it's mm -hmm. not really in revenue if you can start looking at those kind of related tasks to outsource that and uh, the other thing i think uh you need to look at is like what are the things that you are not really good at because instead of trying to be good at every single thing like i i'm not i'm not really good on instagram and social media and that's why i hire a social media manager to manage mm -hmm. that because i couldn't be good and excellent and everything i, I try to do I personally have a finance background because I have a, a accounting degrees. So mm -hmm. finance is a little bit my stronger suit and I like playing with spreadsheet, but uh, posting on Instagrams and yeah. trying to make those funny funny memes is not my it's not my strong suit. So it's learning picking your picking the right battle sometimes is important too. Like wow. a lot of entrepreneurs they will try to do everything themselves and they try to be good at everything, but at the end of the day there's no way you can be good at everything. You just be kind of a jack of an old, old trade, but you couldn't really focus on your energy on, on the certain thing. But even with my current team, I still struggle with time management sometimes because there's so much thing going on. And uh, I think you have some strategy that you're using yourself that I'd love to learn more about too. So. Awesome, man. I, first of all, I appreciate your honesty. I, I always, I love people that share, you know, hey, look, our team is this big, but I made a mistake, right? That helps. Yeah. Our mistakes help other people as well learn from that, right? So now I know for at least that I, I shouldn't go too fast. However, yes. you made two points. I'm going to just quickly just sum that up because I've written it down. I hope every single tapener that's listening that doesn't have a virtual uh, assistant yet or a virtual team to take up on this. So first of all, you said you look at the tasks that you're doing every single day, and you try to find a virtual assistant for those tasks that cost you the most time and that don't generate any revenue, which makes sense, right? That doesn't, don't have any impact in the lives of others. And the other one, and that's of course something very important, and that's one of the things that's, that's also in that book I just showed you before, you know, what am I not good at? We get to learn so much that we should focus on our weaknesses and, and, and improve them, right? I am a horrible copywriter. <laughs> I love doing this. I hate writing. So I bought courses on copywriting and I'm following people on copywriting and I just keep banging my head against the wall. So I'm so glad you shared that again for myself also as a message like, dude, stop doing those things and just find yourself a virtual assistant that's, that's a copywriter, 
Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I really, I really, I really appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, what I also want to talk about, you just mentioned, like you guys have a impressive community, and I've noticed that from from your pages and your website. And you said twelve hundred uh, couples, parents uh, are in there, and then eleven hundred are actually active, which is. Just that's just mind blowing. That's insane. That's so awesome. So, can you share a little bit what 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 has been your strategy from the beginning to create this community? Was there a strategy? Maybe it just just happened. How, uh, it's kind of interesting because we started the weekly talk show before we even have a group. So okay. we were doing the the show. Actually, we started almost a years ago. We have mm-hmm. episode on our fifty four fifty five episode now. We do it once a week. So we we just recently reached our one year anniversary mark. And our group, we didn't start at, I forgot it, months. I think we didn't start at the group until a few months later after we started the show. The reason why we started the group is because we have a lot of people asking, can we have a group? Ah. (laughs) We have uh, the viewer of our show asking us to create a group for them so they can meet other people and really get that support that they they can because they are getting a lot of uh, we got a lot of fee- good feedback from the people who's watching our weekly uh, talk mm-hmm. show and then that's where um, we got some emails and people asking like do you guys also have a support group for to for dealing the issue that you guys mentioned on the show mm-hmm. and, and that's where we decide okay maybe we need to look into um creating a support group for those people because it's definitely a demand out there and people are asking for it and that's why we decided to, okay, let's start at a group. So the day we started, we got like 500 members the first day because there's people waiting for it, getting into the group. So wow. it's different than most of the other people who started the group. Uh, most of the other people I talked to, they started the group because they just wanted to have a group. <laughs> so yeah. it's very different. We started the group because people want us to have a group for them. Yeah. So I'm really about serving the community and if that's going to help people and helping the other family that's going through the same similar journey, then we, sh- we are all, all for it. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You mentioned something like softly, but so important. You're all about serving, right? Mm-hmm. You've been giving value to people with, you know, that, that have a big challenge with their kids having autism or ADHD. And you've been giving so many value, helping them that they were like, "Look, <laughs> we we want a group. We want to have this. We want to have that." And that that's so important. And we yeah. heard it yesterday as well, right? You have to listen to what your audience wants, and then that's exactly what you what you give them. So fantastic! Yeah. I appreciate but that. That could that's actually a struggle in itself because we give out so much value and so much stuff for free. Sometimes mm-hmm. people mistake us as a nonprofit organization, but we are uh, not. <laughs> so that's like it's like a positioning issues. Oh, so are you guys a nonprofit? Like, what do you guys do? It's like, it's like, oh no, we're actually an e-commerce company, but we do all this stuff for free yeah. <laughs> for the community. So it's kind, of, it's kind of a a good, good, good problem to have, I guess. So yeah. No, I, I actually we need to work on our positioning, especially on our websites and a lot of our outgoing message to make it more clear that showing them we actually have a product. It's not just like nonprofit work that we're doing exactly exactly yeah i hear where you're coming from and uh, i have a business besides become a fearless father it's uh, on muay thai trainings online and i have the same issue 
I mean, people are enjoying what we give for free, and then <laughs> after that, it's crickets. So yeah. I know where you're coming from. It's a, it's it's a, what you say. It's it's a great struggle to have, and and as long as we enjoy walking that path, then that's and and walking the path of you know seeing that it's growing. Because if not, then <laughs> there's an issue of there. Of course, of course, of course. But I, I'm huge. I really believe. Um, I I feel like. Even so, I'm not a religious, but I feel like everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason why my son is into my life is for me to, 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 to do the thing I'm doing right now, to help other families through my unique abilities that I have the, the, the willpower to create something like the communities and the thing we're doing. And if, uh, I mean, if my son doesn't come into my life, this company will never start it. I would mm-hmm. not even be living in the United States right now because if not for my son have the autism ADHD spectrum. So I believe everything happened for a reason. And I, I truly believe that like, this is my true calling. Like this is, I mean, someone that, uh, of course, if you want to call it God or something, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not Christians, but uh, I believe someone out there is, is calling me to do this and I really believe on the, the thing I can do. And my long-term vision for the company is not just for the people in the United States, but a lot of family in Asia, the, the, the help mm. and the support that we are providing right now is truly needed. To give you an example, when we live in Tokyo, uh, when my son first got diagnosis, Tokyo is the largest metropolitan area in the, in the world, pretty much. They have like 10 million people living in the small city. We mm-hmm. can only find three set of presenter in the entire Tokyo metropolitan. Well, that's like six years ago. I don't know how why it's happening right now, but back then we can only find three. Mm-hmm. Compare, like, just imagine how many family living in Tokyo that's looking for the thing that we are looking for for our son that mm-hmm. just couldn't get in because that's not enough help. They couldn't get a help from the private sector. They couldn't get get a help from the school. They couldn't, there's not like a government program or regulation around like the school have to do like IEP or other support for the kids. Like those just, it doesn't really exist. Mm. So it's really frustrating as a parent, as a dad to go through all that. And I'm just lucky enough that we, my family have the resource to move to United States, but not everyone have that kind of luxury to do that. Mm. And for the people who couldn't move out of the country, the only thing they have is they have to face with what they have, the amount of resource they have. And my long-term vision is I really want to go back to the country in Asia and really try to change that and make a, make a difference. I mean, at least in my, in my own little way. So make a huge impact in the world. I like that. And you, you answered a question that I had or a topic I want to talk about and that's purpose, right? I mean, I know you talked about religion, but um, I'm more like, okay, you have, you have found your purpose thanks to your son, right? Well, yeah. that, that's just beautiful. I mean, so many people in life go through life never, not even wondering what their purpose is. And then others that, you know, and so many of us that just never find, okay, what, what's our true purpose on this, on this earth or for this lifetime, right? So yeah. um, I think all those people that are following you and, and hopefully that that will grow faster and faster that have children with autism and ACSD, they, they're going to, you know, be impacted by you and, and, you know, have and make sure that their kids live an amazing life. Right. I'm not going to say normal anymore because that actually sucks because you, you, your kid is normal. Right. 
I mean, yeah, in his own way, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, I kept saying like this because, as I said, I, I, I have no idea about ADHD. I have, I no, that's not true. <laughs> but I have no idea about autism, right? I'm ignorant, and now not anymore. Thank you. <laughs> so that's why I was like, mm, normal, not. But yeah, all kids are normal. We just have to try and make, you know, adapt ourselves to make sure that they can still grow up with an amazing life. And that's exactly what you're doing and helping other families. So that's. I'm just so amazed yeah, by it. Like here in Lucky Kid, we truly believe on um, our mission is to empower the kids so they can mm-hmm. live a life of possibility by giving them the support and the advice and the product that they can use. So like you just mentioned, there's no definition of normal. It's whether or not sometimes the system that in our society is just not set up to accept people with special abilities. Mm-hmm. So it's not set up that way. So. Yeah. There's a lot of times I would think um, people on the spectrum is actually a lot smarter than the normal people. Like you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch the movie Rain, Rain Man. The Rain Man, he, he, that guy have uh, is also on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. and he's genius, genius in his own way. So, yeah. But the society is not designed to to exactly. someone that special like that. So mm-hmm. that's where the the struggle comes in. No, absolutely, absolutely. No, I understand. Um, so I, I have several other questions, and I'm going to hop a little bit right now because you mentioned like you, you you're from Taiwan, you studied in the U.S., then you went back to Taiwan. That's where you got your first son. Then in Japan, that's where you got your first daughter. Then you went back to the U.S., that's where you got your second daughter and your third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's three different languages right there. Yeah. Um, how? I always, I, I love to talk about languages because I'm Dutch, I live in Spain, I've studied English, I've actually studied in the US, and I also speak some German, and we got, we got a structure of teaching our kids different languages. I'm just wondering, um, are, are you guys focused on this? Are you teaching, your, are you talking uh, Chinese, for example, in the house, or Japanese, or is it just purely focused on English since you are, you're in the US at the moment? In the house, because my wife speaks only Japanese to the kid, so all the kids can speak Japanese. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been teaching them Chinese yet, so mm. <laughs> it's Japanese and English right now. So. Wow. But yeah. still, man, they're going to have such an amazing advantage above every other, well, I think about 80% of all the kids out there, because you know I've noticed in, in England, and, or in England, the U.S., uh, Germany, France, those countries, they're so stuck on just their own language and so proud of it that they forget to, you know, there's so many more languages out there in the world. That would be very difficult to learn. So you mentioned your tactic pretty much is yet your wife at home just speaks Spanish, or I'm sorry, Japanese with the kids, right? Yes. Yeah. And then after that, they're learning English is cool. That's awesome. Yes. Yep. I like that strategy. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I also saw that um, you had a public speaking gig. Um, two days ago? Oh, yes, oh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, I was speaking in a tech conference in Seattle. So it's like, a, it's called New Tech and they do this event once a month in different locations mm-hmm. in the Seattle areas. And I was just, uh, I was fortunate enough to get invited to speak as a speaker and uh, just talking about uh, our companies and different things that we're doing on the te- technology end. Um, how to build a, uh, the topic of my talk is actually about how to build a digital tribe. So, which is exactly what we just mm-hmm. talked about building a community online and how to utilize different 
techniques and how to utilize different social media to do that. So, exactly, exactly. So, I'm I'm wondering because um, not that many people can speak <laughs> publicly. Uh, a lot of people can, but are afraid, right? So, you know, were you nervous? How did you, you know, what was your approach to make sure that you deliver an amazing speech? Personally, I actually, I actually enjoy public speaking myself. <laughs> so I don't have too much issue on public speaking. But uh, the other good practice I think I did is, uh, I don't know, do you have, do you guys have Toastmaster in e Europe? Yeah. The Toastmaster is like an organization that you can go in and practice public yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah. So I did went to a few meetings um, in the past, and that that kind of helped us as, as far as public speaking skills mm. and really really just be comfortable about speaking in front of people. But mm. I think as a business owner, especially as an entrepreneur, public speaking is actually a very important uh, skill. Like even like the thing you are doing right now, it, it, it is public speaking, even mm -hmm. so you're in front of a computer. But on the end, the other end of that screen, there's someone listening. There's someone watching that is, is, is the same idea, so. Yeah, no, I know where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's not like you got eyes actually looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I can see you, so I can see your response. And you know, that, you know we already talked, so there, there's no nervousness, there, there's a bond there, right? But sure. if with audience of people that you don't know, and you have no idea how they're gonna respond or react to your, um, to, to your speech, right? Yeah, I mean, I can speak publicly and I've done it, but still that I can understand that that would make a lot of people nervous, like oh, being a comedian or being a magician, right? Standing there, you know, performing and then maybe only crickets or maybe even the worst thing that can happen is they boo or whatever, yeah, whatever can happen, right? So I cannot understand that that would go through your head. So you try to work on those kind of things. And as you mentioned, that's of course great advice. If you are afraid of public speaking, then try to find like a Toastmasters where, you know, you can practice. Because practice in the end is what makes us not perfect, it makes us better, right? Yeah. That's great advice. So, um, through everything that happened to you, and now as a, as a dad of, of, of three, right? What's your um, philosophy or what's your thought on what does it mean to be a father? What, or what, what is fatherhood to you? Oh, that's a really deep question. Um, I think it's, well, I actually, I'm not really doing a good job. Sometimes I feel like I, even so sometimes I'm spending time with my kid, but mentally I'm thinking about my business. So that, that sometimes I need to really make the separation between, uh, because I work uh, from home a lot of times. So that sometimes it's hard to make that distinct, distinction between, so, this is actually family time. This is business time. This is personal mm -hmm. time. It's all kind of mingled together. So like having that ex uh, extension, uh, I guess, uh, when I'm spending time with a kid, I just need to make sure I'm really fo mentally focusing on the kid. And sometimes I still struggle with that. I guess it's also because I have ADHD. I just think about too many things at one time. But uh, I guess being a father to me is just trying to be there when the kid doing the, the because in the in the kids life they have different milestones so trying to be there in in their different milestones mm -hmm. i think is also very important and uh, um 
is trying to be a role model, I guess. And uh, uh, personally, my my parents is also entrepreneur. My my parents oh, cool. have a telecommunication business. They they design and sell like phone systems. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in entrepreneur families, and that's that's where that I got my entrepreneur. Um, itch and try to start my own company as well. I think it's also from the influence from my father. But the mm-hmm. thing about that is, I I feel like because my parents were so focusing on their business, they started business before I was born, and mm-hmm. still have the business even to this day. And as a young kid, I feel like I wasn't really connected with my parents because they spend so much time on their business. I don't really see them as much. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a little bit of a regret uh, of my uh, personally growing up. So I really don't want to uh, have that same regret for my kid. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm running a business, I still want to make sure I spend more time with them. And the time I'm spending with them need to be more focusing on them than thinking about something else. And the other thing, I think that's really common. Like you will see those family going out to, to a playground or to eat, but all the parents on their cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm guilty of doing that myself sometimes, but mm-hmm. you're just the parents is not really engaged, even so they are spending time with the kids, but they are actually spending time on Facebook. So what is the point? What's the point of having a quality uh, family time when, all you are spending is just looking at your devices and you know five years ten years later the the kids will actually remember that too they, so that that's another thing i think that's really important is just to have a quality times with your kid while you're with them so. yeah no i truly understand where you're coming from um i actually was making a mistake of not having my phone but a book so mm-hmm. i would take my book right mm-hmm. and i would be reading my book while my kids are playing in the playground and then i thought actually like and but then i'm making i'm saying to people like hey you know why are you bringing your phone to you to the playground when you're in the <laughs> i start thinking I'm, wait a minute i mean it's more i mean it's better i'm learning but at the same time i'm still doing the same thing i'm not i'm not yeah being it's disconnected yeah yeah <laughs> so I was like, okay, stop. No, no more. I'm, I'm not bringing my phone. I'm not bringing any more books. And, and, and I must say, I'm enjoying it more. Now, I got to tell you a funny story. Real short. I actually saw, because you just mentioned, right? This is a time. Like, you got young kids, so this is a time that you should enjoy it. And five, ten years from now, you know, that, that family time, the way it is now, might not be the same. And yeah, it's exactly like that, because we went to the uh, to Warner Amusement Park um, mm-hmm. on Sunday, last Sunday. <laughs> And there was a, a couple, and they had a younger daughter and a, an, an older son. And I think the son was like 13. They were enjoying their time with the daughter, and the son was on his phone. Uh. <laughs> was like, wow, that's, that's like, yeah. you know, at a certain age, yeah. apparently, that turns around, and then the kids. Yeah. So that makes it even more important that now is the time to, to really refocus. So... Yeah, perfect, man. And, and again, I, I love your honesty in regards to, you know, pointing out your flaws as well, right? We're all you yeah. make mistakes. And plus, your struggle with time management and, and keep yeah. thinking about your business, that is so normal. Uh, there's not a dadpreneur that, that is starting out that is actually in the same boat, uh, boat as you are, me, this guy included, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because we're so 
um, passionate, right? We want to impact <laughs> so yeah. normal that our brain just goes the whole time. Yeah. Fortunately, of course, uh, or fortunately, uh, of course, we have kids, and um, once we switch that a little bit, they help us to disconnect, which is also very important. Mm. So great, man! I really enjoy you sharing that. Um, we still got some time. That's awesome. I'm wondering, man, what, what are you doing yourself? Because you do tons of stuff. You've got a couple of virtual assistants that, that are doing tons of stuff for you, you know, making your business grow, grow, and grow. What are you still doing? Because I saw, for example, a picture with, um, with Owen Hemsen, right? Meaning that, you know, you're learning from him about video and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what are some of the things or some of the tips that you can give other dampeners out there to, to make sure that you keep, growing in regards to your own knowledge and keep improving your your business uh actually well, there's one more thing i forgot to mention i still have a full-time job this is my side oh, time wow. this is my part-time gig so wow. i still have a full-time job i'm going to from nine to five and i'm trying to build this business on the side with the family with the kids so i think that's really common for a lot of the the, the dad i want to start absolutely and for me, I'm the, I'm the only breadwinner. I mean, my wife's not working because we have three kids. She kind of mm-hmm. has because if she go back to the to work, we actually need to pay more on yeah. childcare than her salary. I mean, it's very expensive in the United States to have a child to have a childcare and uh, to go then go to daycare and stuff. So I just want to point that out to make mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not. Um, I'm in the position and a lot of the, the audience that li- that's listening is trying to make something happen on top of my full-time job so I can get out of my full-time job and do this yeah. full-time. But I'm really in the transitional phase right now, uh, trying to uh, figure out what I can do to re- really reach to the, ne- to the next goal. And uh, going back to your original question is, what do I do to learn? Is I utilize my time to my best abilities so mm-hmm. i have a really long commute so i have a one hour commute every single wow. day one oh, that's one way in the morning and on the on the afternoon when i go back home i have a two hour commute because of the traffic so yeah. that's three hours just in the car every single day that i'm spending so what i do in the car is i actually have meeting with my team every time mm-hmm. in the traffic so mm-hmm. that's the one way that i use my time i have all my meetings scheduled when i'm commuting so I was just, I'll be driving, but I'll be talking to someone from my team, mm-hmm. usually my, my project manager about what's going on, what kind of thing we need to do, what's the status. But another thing I usually do, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Okay. While I was in the car, so that's, and I also listen to a few different podcasts, uh, like business podcasts. Most of it is like e-commerce related podcasts because I have an e-commerce business. And that's, that's the only time I have to to learn new things. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. because of the day the day job, and on the weekend I want to spend more time on the kids, so I don't really mm-hmm. spend a lot of time readings. And so most of my my learning is also listening. So I listen to a lot of different uh, new stuff, new ideas, and try to see what other things that I want to implement. But one of the very common trap that people have is a sh- uh, for entrepreneurs is a shining object sim- sim- uh, syndrome, right? People always, there's so many different new strategies there's yeah. news that you can do that you just want to try, but sometimes I feel like I could lose focus. Mm-hmm. So just give you a personal example of my business. So we had a whole bunch of issues toward the end of last year. 
uh, two of our best-selling products sold out of stock on Amazon right before Christmas last year. And we have a huge issue because of that. Uh, we have some supplier, supplier issues. Uh, that's, uh, they, they couldn't produce a product on time and get it shipped out on time for it to arrive before Christmas. And we actually were out of stock for almost three months. We didn't get it back until like after Chinese New Year, which is in February. So that's a huge gap, and we we lost a lot of money, so we lost a lot of momentum. Especially on Amazon, it's once you're out of stock, you lose com like a lot of momentum, so, yeah. and you really need to almost restart in a lot of uh, aspect uh, when you're selling on Amazon. So even to this day in April, we are still uh, our sales velocity wasn't in our best time last year. Uh, our best selling product was selling like 15 units a day. Mm. Right now, we're selling like five a day because mm. I'm still struggling and trying to kind of catch up and recover. And uh, and see, going back to this uh, shiny object uh, 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 issue is because we're doing uh, so many things outside of Amazon's uh, channels. Like we're trying to build our Shopify store. We're mm. trying to do a lot of Facebook advertising, Google advertising, and try to play with all that then we kind of lose focus on Amazon and mm -hmm. lose focus of our fundamental basic of trying to make sure our supply chain is in place and trying to make sure we, we can uh, get the product on time. And that is where I feel like it's kind of a mistake on my end, um, not putting enough focusing on our fundamentals and trying too many new things at one time. Then we, we kind of lose focus on, on what's really making a difference in the business and that's kind of leading up to the to the issue and the struggle we are facing right now mm -hmm. so going forward for 2019 i really want to downsize my teams um, and also refocusing on what is really matters because it's going back to the 80 20 rule Twenty mm -hmm. percent of what you do actually bring in 80 percent of the revenue for the business mm -hmm. but sometimes People get, or even myself, I lose what exactly is the, the most important 20% I should be focusing on. And I just go out and start trying all this different stuff, but it's not really making a, a huge difference in the mm. business. But I just go out and try different things, then it can have a negative impact on the business as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a great insight to share with uh, with entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in general, something that... that I'm still also uh, guilty of, right? Somebody else that comes by and, and has this great strategy of improving whatever it is, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, instead of focusing on what you had on your list, it's like you just focus on that. You're like, why is nothing moving forward? It's like, because you're exactly. not focusing on what you were focusing on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, that's great advice. So you, you mentioned like you, you listen a lot to audiobooks. books. Um, what have been the, the, like maybe one, two, three best audiobooks that you've that have made like a true impact my best recommendation for anyone who is building a brand out there is a is a book called story brand mm -hmm. and uh, uh, story brand is a book they talk about how you need to approach your business as like uh, almost writing a script for a movie mm -hmm. so you need to imagine your your buyer or your customer as a hero in the movie mm -hmm. like everyone watch Avenger, right? So your customer is like one of the hero and you are a guide to that, to the hero. So you're guiding them through their own hero's journey mm. and you need to put 
position your your business as a guy. And a lot of the people business owner make a mistake of trying to position themselves as a hero. And everyone should look up to him and follow them. And they are all good. That like, oh, my product is the best, and everyone should just follow me and worship me because I'm a hero. But that's the wrong position. No one cares about that.、Mm-hmm. Everyone want to be a hero in their own in their own life. And how can you you as a business to position yourself? As someone that they can trust, that have the authority, that have the empathy, that they can look and look up to and follow, and so you are really like、uh, Obi Wan in the Star Wars, and your customer is the Luke Skywalker that、mm-hmm. you are guiding them through their own journey. And I I love that book, and、uh, I, I, I we also purchased a course. He also has sell a course, <laughs> so we purchased his digital course on、uh, going through his. Uh, he have like seven different steps on how to build a story brand brand script, and we、mm-hmm. have implemented that for our own business. And I feel like it really helped us to get our message、uh, across our audience better and make、mm-hmm. our、uh, mission statement more focused. And I would definitely highly recommend that book. So awesome, man! Yeah, it sounds absolutely like a, a great strategy to follow. On on yeah, empowering your customers instead of empowering and and making yourself a big ego within your company. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that is great, man. So last thing, I mean, I'm sure there is there are tons of fathers out there that are listening right now, and they have even more questions than I still have, and and I want to maybe look at your products and stuff like that. How can they follow you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? Um, yeah, share, share your contact information with us. Yes, of course. So you can find all the basic information on our website. It's、uh, luckykid.com. L A K I K I D. We also are on all the social media channels.、Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. And one of the good good way for、um, people who's listening that might be affected by autism, ADHD, and other issues is definitely listen to our podcast. It's called Ask an Autism Mom. We are on all the different podcast channels, and every single week we interview different experts, parents, and therapists. So、mm-hmm. it is a good way to keep on top of、uh, the all the advice that we are we are bringing out to the communities and keep、uh, keep、uh, stay up、uh, stay up to date with us too.、Mm. Exactly, great man.、Uh, again, Jason, thank you so much for being on.、Um, And you, you've made me a lot more wiser about autism and ACSD, and I, I thank you for that.、Um, I hope people picked up on this, and、um, and I wish you the best of luck with your projects, with your mission, with your purpose, because we need more dads, feeling <laughs> like you、yeah. sharing these kind of messages. Not necessarily your message, but you know, similar messages to make huge impacts in the world. So thank you for that. Everybody else has been with us. For now, what has been an interview of an hour. Thank you. I appreciate you, and hope to see you soon. And make sure that you、um, follow Jason. And he is a guy you can reach out to him. He will respond when he can. I've noticed that because that's what he's done with me. <laughs> yeah. So、um, I wish everybody a fantastic day, and I hope to see you guys soon. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out. You got no time for yourself to work out, read, or relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy, and confident? 
spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams. You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with and you're just running around from one storm into the next. Well, it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com slash brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls.